Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, providing financial support to the community for 55 years, promoting healthier lives and the advancement of future health care in our region, working together for a healthier tomorrow. More at bloomhf.org. And from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey services for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com. Welcome to Noon Edition on WFIU. I'm your host, Bob Zaltzberg, along with co-host Sarah Whitmire. Today we're talking with guests about the talks about a new jail site, issues with the current jail, and more issues involving uh, community justice. So we have three guests with us in the studio. Sheriff Ruben Marte, the Monroe County Sheriff, is here in the studio with us. Uh, also in the studio is Sue Scambaluri, who is the Vice President of the Bloomington City Council. And joining us over Zoom is Penny Givens, President of the Monroe County Board of Commissioners. If you have questions or comments, you can give us a call at 812-855-0811 or toll-free at 877-285-9348. You can also follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. You can send us your questions there, or you can send us questions directly to news at indianapublicmedia.org. There are uh, lots of issues surrounding a jail and operating a jail. And, and Sheriff Marte, I know you were elected in 2022. You started your job January 1st. You walked into the jail. And I'm sure over the first couple of weeks, you had a lot of thoughts about what you had walked into and what needed to happen. Can you, can you describe your thoughts after you started your job? First, uh, thank you for having me here uh, this afternoon, appreciate the invite and this opportunity to talk to you about the, the, the jail. Uh, when I first took over and uh, uh, selected my command staff, we knew that uh, we had a, a, uh, uh, a challenge in front of us to try to uh, clean and paint the jail. Um, you know, with any old uh, building or, or facility, it just takes maintenance and it has to constantly be maintained. Uh, right now, we're working on a particular cell block, uh, cleaning and painting right now, and it's making a turnaround. Uh, something as simple as replacing the clock or replacing an old TV um, means a lot in there. It's a full circle. Um, what happens is if, if we do not do certain things in there, it could get worse really quick inside the jail because you have people in there. And truly, let me backtrack. Right now, the judges are doing a great job keeping the numbers down in the jail. What happens is the people that need to be in there are in there are people that truly could cause some harm. So now you have people at, at that level in the facility. So no longer do we keep people locked down 23 hours a day. Uh, the only time they are locked down is when they're going to sleep, going to bed, or when we have to do a count just to make sure people are, are, are still there and, and everyone is safe. and. Uh, and the healthy condition, we have to have. We have to physically see it. Um, the, the one thing that's lacking right now in a particular block, and, and I believe the commissioners are working on it right now, is we're trying to actually clean the actual windows. The way it's set up is very difficult. You have to cut through an actual. Uh, it's almost like a fence, and, and and it's very thick. And throughout the years, a lot of a lot of, I don't know what you call it. Uh, uh, a lot of debris, I guess, or a lot of items that the inmates will put in there, and you know, I, I'll stop there. But there's there's more to it. Um, we need to really clean that out completely, just for health reasons. But that that that's the only thing that's lacking as of now. Uh, once we finish one actual block, we plan to go to another block, and and do the same thing over again. But by the time we finish cleaning, or the first part that we started, it'll be time to come back again and do it again. It's just a vicious cycle, and we kind of keep doing it over and over again. But one thing that it does, though, is it, it actually has a mindset of we provide certain type of hope for the people in there right now. No one, no one wants to live in a condition that is not healthy and or clean. 
I mean, that's just simple basics as far as far as I'm concerned. So that's what we're trying to do at the present time. Um, it's taken a little longer than I that I wanted to take, but you know we're heading the right directions right now. Um, basically, for the people that are in there now. One thing I want to clarify: there are t- people that, d- depending what lens you, you you think about the new jail, we need a new jail. Mm-hmm. Also, there are certain people that think, wait a minute, you know, if a person committed a crime, don't want to be in jail, don't commit the crime. And, and I, I, I tr- being a trooper for 32 years, I get it, I understand that. There are people that have a certain lens that say, you know, this is not a Holiday Inn. And I get that as well. For people that think like, wait, imagine this. So think about maybe your loved one. God forbid a mistake is made and you end up in that, in that environment. You don't want to be treated in a certain negative way. You want to be treated humanely. However, if you, if you don't want to see it from that lens, look at it from this other lens. We have people that work there, that employ there. At least for their sake, let's keep it humane, let's keep it clean, at least for the worker's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, because who wants to go to work in an environment that is not clean and or safe? And we're asking people to come in an environment and deal with human beings that don't want to be there. And violence could happen at the top of a dime. So we're trying to, to change the environment, the culture of that jail to actually benefit all of us. Because when someone leaves and, and, and leave and live in an environment that it, what it was in the condition it was before, people get angry. And if you think about it, once they come outside back to society or the community, well, who, who's gonna pay the price there? You know, So it's a vicious cycle that sometimes we don't all agree on what we should do in that jail, but we have to come to terms that whoever's in there at the present time eventually is gonna come back out to the community. And we don't want an angry person coming out to the community. We want someone that that we provide them all the assistance that we could, humanly can, so when they come back out to the community, they could do hopefully do better and not return back to that particular system. Mm-hmm. Penny Givens from the county commissioners, I, I want to, I know you've been a county commissioner for the last few years, but this has been an ongoing issue. You know, I could go over all the history. Let me just cite the, the 2008 law, lawsuit from the ACLU and the fact that you know they said lots of changes needed to be made from then. But actually, more more important than that, the 2020 criminal justice and incarceration study that came to the county, and uh, I think it was June 20th of 2020. So, from the commissioner's standpoint, I mean, what what kind of actions ha- have you taken since that 2020 story? Or study, and what can what can be done in the short term? We can talk about building a new jail after that, but what can be done in the short term? Well, I'm very impressed about the homework you've done for this. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, but when we are looking at different things, we and I think the sheriff and I agree about this completely. As you prepare someone to exit the, the jail. We need different kinds of release programs so that we perhaps should be talking about transitional housing to help people. We need to look at job skills, trying to help them create a resume, perhaps even within the jail. I know some of the trustees um, are, are helping with food preparation. So where do we move them to once they are released? Um, these are important things for, for reducing the recidivism rates. Um, Another thing that we are looking at is treatment options to keep people from ever being in in contact with the criminal justice system. Uh, The Stride Center is one of those uh, kinds of treatment options that was developed as an alternative to law enforcement or law enforcement diversion, uh, assisted diversion program. And they're regularly seeing several hundred people, individual people a year go through there um, and so that's keeping people out of that criminal justice environment. And Stride Center has now uh, developed a, a mobile crisis unit that can go out to people where they are. And I think that's, that's important to acknowledge too. Um, I worked with the Monroe County Health Department folks over the past couple of weeks, and we were working with Centerstone and with the Indiana Recovery Alliance, along with our health department, and the uh, city of Bloomington to create a grant application to the state, which is giving out uh, up to $25 million in additional opioid settlement monies to entities that are working with their local governments. And so we have pledged 
uh, a portion of our opioid settlement money uh, if the state will give us additional money uh, to increase what's available at stride to increase some of the programming that is available through centerstone and to also do some of the harm reduction that the indiana recovery alliance does um, because when you do that harm reduction and create trust with individuals that's when you can start to get them into treatment programs sheriff just to respond to that how important are those programs to you Oh, they're, they're very important to me. Uh, I would like to increase what we're doing now. We just don't have the space. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, a room that we have to share with uh, different different programs um, uh, that come into the jail. Uh, we have uh, New Leaf, uh, uh, New Life, and we have uh, the service program that she mentioned for people that uh, actually do the cooking in the in, in the jail. They get certified. I mean, they go to a whole program to 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 actually. Uh, serve safely um, so that's a skill set that they learn while they're in the jail and and the person that runs it does a very good job mm -hmm. um, they have opportunity to learn, uh, uh, earn their GED as well um, uh, we have four different religious services to come in at the jail at the present time um, Center Stone comes in as well uh, we also have uh, creative writing in the jail as well, and uh, 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 AA meetings as well while people incarcerated. So programs are very important to us. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we want to do more. I, one thing I have to say, Bloomington has a tremendous amount of programs, and they're really willing to assist. The problem is I don't have the space, mm -hmm. you know, because I just mentioned about seven programs that we have now currently. Mm -hmm. um, but the ones that, that, that could come in and help and guide people as they leave because one of the things that we notice is if a person is released and they don't have any support either housing or job or any mechanism to to do better for yourself they end up right back again mm -hmm. so the support system needs to start from within the jail and then proceed once the person leaves as well mm -hmm. just to make sure that they don't return back again so it's a very delicate balance Sue, Sue Scambolari is with us. She's on the city council, and the city council, as you know, we talked about this before the program began, is not as involved, directly involved with the jail, but the city is a big part of Monroe County mm -hmm. and with a, a majority of the residents living in the city. So it's a, and the city, and the jail is in the middle of the city right now. So from your perspective, you know, on the city council, what, what is your role in trying to help solve some of these problems that, uh, like finding a space for a new jail and just how can you help with programming or anything else? Sure. Um, thank you for having me and thank you for the question, too. Um, you're right. Statutorily, our, our role is limited. Um, the criminal justice system falls to the county uh, and the responsibilities for the jail fall to the county. That said, uh, I think we have a, a tremendous amount of insight and expertise, not just because uh, the majority of Monroe County residents live within the city, um, but because we have the single largest law enforcement agency in the county in Bloomington Police Department. Um, so the single greatest users of the jail uh, are within the city. So I think for that reason alone, we have insight and expertise to share. Uh, and I'm hopeful that, that in time, a, as the C Community Justice Response Committee does its work, um, that the city can have some representation on that. Um, beyond that, I think there are, there are potential partnerships um, in looking at different kinds of land. Very often, um, if there is land within city limits, it will require a rezone of some kind to allow for that, for that kind of use of that land. Uh, so those kinds of questions come to council as well. Um, there, I there are certain parcels of land uh, that are within the city right now, and I think we are awaiting the county's direction um, on the parcels of land or the, the property on which they wish to focus um, in terms of building a new jail. Mm -hmm. So I think we are awaiting that guidance now um, before we, so we can take up whatever questions as soon as possible. We understand the urgency of this issue very, very much. Um, and so w we are awaiting that guidance and looking forward to having the county's direction on the kinds of properties that they want to focus on. Before I turn it over to Sarah, because I know she's got questions, I just want you to follow up on, there was one piece of land that the county very much wanted to to build a jail on. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Penny can tell me how how much, but <laughs> but but the city city voted it down, voted against it. Was that at the planning commission level or the city council level? That was at or the city council city level. Council that was level. a unanimous vote. What was wrong with that that site? Um, that site was was zoned for an, a, a, a different purpose, and like most situations in government, governing governing is about trade offs, uh, not necessarily about outright solutions. Sometimes so. Um, when we looked at what it would take and what we would trade off in terms of, of land, um, particularly for employment opportunities in Bloomington, that did not seem to be a fit mm-hmm. to us. And so, and again, I think there are opportunities um, to look at other other parcels of land in the city, um, and we await that guidance. I also think it would be interesting. Um, the Bloomington Economic Development Corporation obviously doesn't have a direct ro- role in this, um, but they are in the business of inventorying land parcels. They are in the business of knowing what kind of working with site selection, understanding what sites are available. Um, I think perhaps the, the county has an opportunity to consult with them um, to actually look at availability mm-hmm. in the area. Do you want to let Kenny, Penny jump in real quick on that? Sure. Penny, do you want to respond? Yeah, we, we actually have reached out to Great. Um, Great. an Economic Development Corporation and uh, Clark Greiner, when I, who oversees that portion of, of BEDC, um, he actually did have a couple of, of plots for us to, you know, kind of think about. Um, it's, it's difficult when we sent out uh, re- requests for qualifications to different design companies that might, you know, be working with us on the jail. Um, two of them indicated that we need 25 acres for the kinds of things that we're looking at. And it's very difficult, as everybody knows, to find 25 acres within the city of Bloomington that would be usable um, because it has to not just be 25 acres, it has to be, you know, not have a, a strong big slope, it has to not have karst features. They're just a lot of different things, and nobody wants. Um, a jail in their backyard without some kind of buffer as well. So there are a lot of things that go into it that make it difficult. We've also been in touch with some of the uh, folks that work for the city to ask if they could help help us identify lots or acreage within the city. Um, so we're still waiting a little bit on that also. So I I understand this process takes a really long time, and I don't I don't want to sound. I guess flip in saying this, but it's been 15 years since the ACLU. Is that right? 15? Yeah, 15. Okay, my math. Um, uh, in some of the conditions you're describing, I mean, it, is there a sense of urgency that we just need to to do some do something? Well, I, I'm lying. There is because you know I, we work in there every single day, and I, I get to see what 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 the residents and, and the employees have to go, go through every single day. I mean, right now, you know, it, 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 the roof is being rep- fixed, but I, I, I just don't know what, what they, you know, it's just going to look uh, 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 to the next, what else is going to go wrong, you know. So it's it's very tricky. And to me, yes, I, I, I would like to move sooner than later because, uh, again, every time I walk in there, you know, I mean, cleaning and painting is one thing, but I tell you, the maintenance is something else. They don't even make parts for some of the equipment that we have in there. So it's it's my concern is the is, is the well-being of people in there. God forbid something happens, they get hurt because when you are lacking certain things, frustration builds up and it continues to build. That's something that you know if you don't see it every single day, you might not have a full understanding what you're actually facing because when it affects the inside, eventually it's going to affect the outside when you when you are released eventually. Sheriff, it's been raining really hard today. Is the it, jail dry? I, I called this morning. So far right now, we're, we're fine. But my, my dilemma is that, that where, where the roof is leaking is close to, you know, uh, 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 power outages and, and close to the gas line. It's just it's where we actually do laundry, you know, in there. So it's, 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 it's you know, it, it's, it's nerve-wracking because I just don't know. So- I can't predict the future on that one. Can you can you explain right now? I'm just thinking about organizations I've worked for. There's like a priority list and things that you know do get funded in a three year basis, five years. It's, is there something like that that's in place, like a replacement cycle for things? And or 
No. I, I, you know, I can't answer that. I, I, there, there are certain things that, that we need replaced, you know, uh, but what happens is when you replace one particular item, we don't know as we're replacing what else is going to be behind there that we need to, you know, we just don't know. I mean, the, the, it's an old facility. It's yeah. just, it just is. So we're dealing with what we can at the present time. For example, I'll give you one example. The elevator. We have an elevator that we have to utilize daily. If that, ele- that elevator is so old, it doesn't even keep track of, the, of many times it's being used going up or down. If that any time that elevator stops working, now we have officers going up and down the stairs to feed the residents in there. So, you know, I, these are the things that I think about on a daily basis. What if that elevator breaks down permanently? Now what? So when, when it, from my end of it, I, I, I really want everyone at the table to include the city and see how we could work together because at this point, you know, those are the things I'm very concerned about. Something as simple as an elevator that might break down. And if people don't really understand, you know, the footprint of the jail in the Zitlow building downtown, the, the jail is on the fourth and fifth floors, correct? First, fifth, I'm sorry, first, fourth, and fifth. First, exactly. fourth, and fifth mm-hmm. floor. Yep. So I'm sorry, just one more quick follow-up. But when, when the ACLU gets involved in something like this, how does, I mean, it just seems like a really long time to not have some sort of lawsuit resolved. I mean, are they on you constantly to do progress reports, or how does that work so that they're not just suing right now? Well, the, the way when I took over, my understanding is uh, if the capacity of the jail gets to 244, then we have to notify the circuit court judge and let them know immediately we need to start releasing certain inmates because we cannot get to 278, because then that, impo- that, that in turn would create more uh, uh, pressure on us by that organization. So we've been, the judges, again, have been doing a phenomenal job with that, keeping the numbers down. Like when I checked this morning, it was at 187. So we're doing good there. The issue is just the actual building itself. That's, that's, that's the crisis mode. We're talking with guests today about the Monroe County Jail, the uh, Corrections Center downtown. We have uh, Sheriff Ruben Marte with us in the studio, along with Sue Scambaluri from the Bloomington City Council. Penny Givens is joining us on Zoom. She's the president of Monroe County Board of Commissioners. If you have questions or comments, you can call us, 812-855-0811, or toll-free at 877-285-9348. You can also Send us your questions to news at indianapublicmedia.org, and you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Send questions there. Penny, I know that the commissioners have been looking at models. I I believe there were, if I know this, I think there was a research trip to Arizona to visit some jails. What are you looking for in terms of a facility to fund? Uh, Well, we've been to more than just facilities in in Arizona. Um, What? Some of our folks, not not me personally, have been to Columbus, Ohio, to um, Vigo County, to Hamilton County, and to um, Clinton County, Kentucky. Um, and what we're seeing and what, what we're hearing from professionals, including Ken Falk, who came and spoke to the Community Justice Response Committee. And he's um, the, he's the uh, ACLU director who filed the suit. He is. Right. Yes, yes, he is. Thank you. Um, is that we need single-story jails, no elevators. You know, and that that came to mind as Sheriff Marte was talking that that you cannot have a jail function correctly if you're relying on elevators. It's just not the same. And so we're looking at at single story. We're looking at things with a lot more natural light. We're looking at things and we want to work with the sheriff and others on this where perhaps um, each unit which might be a lot bigger than the the units that we have, the cell blocks that we have, uh, might have its own recreation facility. uh, And that really cuts down on the need to to transport um, the detainees, the inmates, um, and which really relieves staff of that kind of responsibility. And the other part is, is that if you build jails differently than what we've got um, in sort of a a circular thing that allows for um, observation into the blocks, you require less staff and it's less stress on the staff. And, and I certainly appreciate the fact that, that Sheriff Marte 
repeatedly talks about what work is like for the folks that that are that are there as the um, as our jail staff. Sheriff Monte, how would you like to see the structural changes? I, I, I'm assuming you want it on one floor. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely one floor. Uh, I, I think what Benny's referring to in the, in the sense of the, the actual structure of the jail, it's, it's almost like you have a center uh, location and then you have pods that spread out and then you could view the, the residents there easier. Now, as far as the staff size, if, we, if we're talking about doing different programs, which I'm hearing the community refer to, uh, helping people not to come back into the jail, if we're going to do that inside the jail first, we, we need the space and we also need the manpower to do it. it, it you, you cannot do that. You have to have human beings doing this one-on-one um, uh, -on -one type of deal because everyone is different. So the, the need that one person might have might be not the same for another person. So we have to acknowledge where they're at at the given time and then probably provide that service at that given time. But getting back to your question, I would like to have, you know, the judges, the prosecutor's office, uh, the counselors, uh, probation, all in one plaza if we can. It'd be a whole lot easier for everyone. And to be closer to the city, absolutely. I, I understand that it's very crucial, very important for a person that's inside that system to have the family members or loved ones come and pay them a visit. Not over the phone. I'm talking about physically see that person. And if you don't have a mechanism to get there, you know, we, we don't want to make it more difficult. We have to we have to be conscious of that. And and the only way you could think about solutions for that is to have everyone at the table, in my opinion. That was I mean, this was part of the discussion when the the justice building was built the first time. People wanted to wanted to be downtown. They wanted to have the courtroom, some courtrooms, which they did have courtrooms in there, prosecutor's office in there. So it's not really different from from the, the thought process the when, when was that 1980s when the when the original building was built well i i don't know exactly yeah. when but i could tell you that the mistakes that we made now i we truly need to learn from those and not repeat them again right uh that's different crystal clear to me there are plenty of the other jails out there that are doing very well that are probably the same age as ours but doing well there's a reason for that so we need to, you know, the, the other jails that I pay to visit to, all the ones that I know that are my corner part, parts that, that, that are new uh, sheriffs now, you know, I'm trying to see how they handle their jail and how their jail is built and, and how it works really well. Each jail has a good program that we could mimic from each other. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. However, for us right now, I think the issue is once we find location, 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 I get that part. But then at the same time, we have to keep thinking forward thinking and not repeat what we just what, what the mistake we made from the past mm -hmm. I mean a, a, a elevator you know just that just that one simple thing changes everything because every time the elevator breaks down it causes a havoc for us it, it really does we we have we have people that that are really tired you know working longer shift because we don't have the manpower because who really wants to work in, a, in an environment that you know we try to change it the culture of it um, but yet, you know, this is, these are things that is happening right now as we speak. So the urgency for me, one of the reasons why I'm trying to move so fast is because of the conditions, is because we know people uh, cannot learn well or work well in an environment that I've walked into. Mm -hmm. I've heard both, uh, both people who are here in the studio with us, Penny, have talked about getting everybody at the table. Are, is there has there been resistance from the county to having city people at the table with you, or is uh, do you think that everybody who needs to be at the table is at the table? Penny, did we lose Penny? She's having some trouble hearing. She's trying to figure it out. Okay. All right, so we'll, we need to go to another question. Well, uh, I, one thing we could say, the city's not there now. Uh, I mean, I'm new to the committee, but the city's not there, so they're not being represented right now. And, and, and you know, I understand the county, that's, that's the county responsibility, but we have to work as a team. 
We do. You know, we really do. Mm-hmm. Sue, can you say more about that? I mean, what what do you think the city would offer if if the city was at the table? And, what, and when you say city at the table, who who should be there? Um, I well let's let's take for let's okay. take your first question first. Um, I think we've seen just based on the conversation here today alone what a, how much complexity there is to identifying a chunk of land, um, to determining whether or not it's suitable. Um, determining whether or not it has the infrastructure around it or what it would take to have the infrastructure or the transit uh, or whatever is necessary. That, those kinds of conversations are deep and complex and need to happen in advance. Need to ha- we need to have opportunities on an ongoing basis to have those conversations. And it's difficult to do that with the city not at the table. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Um, so I think... I think we're missing an opportunity to actually have more coordinated, more focused conversations based on that. And your second second part of your question? Uh, who should be? Who I've, from the city should be there? Council members? Chief I've, Dekoff? Who? I, I think ideally law enforcement would be represented. The Bloomington Police Department is the largest law enforcement unit in the county uh, and the greatest user of the jail. So I think that may be Chief Dekoff, that may be his appointee. Um, but I think that's actually a first step. Um, beyond that, I think since it's very, very likely that we'll be depending on council for a rezone for whatever piece of land comes along, I think city council representation makes sense. Um, city council also has a relationship to a lot of the nonprofits in town through Jack Hopkins and other sources um, that focus on uh, issues related to recidivism and mental health and substance use disorder. So I think the city council has a, a, a true interest in seeing those efforts integrated with whatever we do with a new jail. Uh, and then certainly the administration as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so does the funding exist for the land and to build a jail? That will be a penny that's a penny question. <laughs> penny question, actually, probably the county council. Well, we don't have a council <laughs> member here, but okay. that's true. As, as, as to the complexity yeah. of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm just, I mean, with, with the old side, if that they're not going to use that, then what happens with that? And could that money be invested into a new site? But I guess we'll have to wait for Penny. Um, so it sounds like kind of what we're looking for is a unicorn when you're talking about this piece of property. And does does a site that's as big and having these various attributes, does that even exist in the city? Is, it feels like we're out of land right now. Well, I, th- I think there's a, a sequence of questions that need okay. to be asked. So, <laughs> so first of all is space. You know, we've taught, we've heard the figure 25 acres. All right, let's start there. You know, yeah. let, let's rule in and rule out based on, on that. Um, I think then what follows are questions about infrastructure. Um, Sheriff Marte talked about transit and the ability for people to get there. I think the questions there become, are those resources in place already, or what would it take to get them there? Um, so, and is that even possible? So. Uh, I think there's kind of a sequence of questions, starting with with just adequacy of space, how much space is there, and how buildable is it, and then we kind of layer in the other questions. I think Penny's back. So, Penny, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Well, we asked you a big question, and we've been talking about <laughs> it without you. So, uh, and the question is, I, I said that I, I had heard, uh, you know, discussion from our two guests who are in the studio about. Um, the city needing to be at the table. And my question to you was, um, is the city getting enough input and who from the city should be at the table to help you make decisions about this or should they be? Well, one of the things that um, we we do need to do very definitely, and um, I made a note to, to follow up with Sheriff Marte about this, is that we definitely want to be doing a survey of all law enforcement um, in the in this area, and that's you know as um, Sue Scambolari pointed out earlier, um, the Bloomington Police Department is the group that brings most of the people to the jail, um, but we also have the IU Police Department, Ellettsville, Steinsville, DNR, um, State Police. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a list of people that we need to survey and ask them about what they would like to see in a new facility 
very definitely. You know, uh, when one of the things that when Sheriff Marte first uh, arrived on the scene was he said the sally port that we have um, needs to have changes to it, and that has been done. But we need to hear other things about intake um, and other, you know, just just those kinds of things mm-hmm. to make a difference. And that that's one of the big ways that we would we really want city input. Um, I think also when we talk about the treatment and release programs, those are other places that the city could provide some very valuable um, input and help us figure out things that, that go with that. Sue mentioned um, having people who know a little bit about about sites that might be available in the city and also just having you know city council uh, I don't know if you would say input, but maybe input or about how you can get it through the city council because you're going to have to have as you're going to have to have support from the council to be able to locate anything in the city. So would you be open to a, a representative from the council being on this group? Well, what what we're going to be doing, we hope within the next few weeks, is breaking into subgroups, and with that, um, we're going to be on Monday talking about what other kinds of people by by function not by name um do we need to have at the table you know when we talk about release who needs to be there when we talk about judicial processing who needs to be there um what kinds of what are our goals for for those kinds of of subgroups to have in place and so at that point um if the case can be made then we can consider those things so. Can you, Penny, can you say more about the kinds of subgroups that are likely to come in? Because I think you're right. I think that that's an important juncture in, in this whole process. Um, and so I, I, I think it's, wor- it's worth sharing a bit more on that. Could you? Yes, um, happy to. We've been working off of what the um, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration of the federal government uh, has developed that's called an intercept model. Uh, for people who are incarcerated, and zero intercept means that people do not come into contact with the with the criminal justice system in any at any level. Um, and so, providing treatment and diversion is part of that, very critically part of that. Um, keeping kids in school is another critical part of that. Then, when you get to the end of that, some people they refer to it as intercept five other people refer to it as intercept six but it's what you do as you are releasing people back into society do you do you provide some of the stuff that sheriff Marte was talking about earlier with the programming that they do uh, for geds for job training do you help with transitional housing do you help with family reunification and with counseling um, so there are a lot of things that go into those things and so my view has evolved just in the last six eight weeks so that we need to be talking about a facility subgroup we need to be talking about a judicial processing subgroup we need a treatment subgroup and we need a release retraining whatever we want to call that subgroup um, I think and all those are aimed at providing for people that are in the facility something that's much more humane than what we have and also to prevent people from entering the justice criminal justice system and to prevent recidivism and i think that's something we all want to see looking out from some of these smaller groups of things that we would want in a community correction system is there consensus around just the idea that we need a new jail when you look at like if you look at a city the city is in charge of the person, the county, sheriff. Are, is there agreement there on the basic that, just that? It, I, I think so. I, I've been so busy with dealing with this that I can't really tell you 100 percent. But I, there, there are different thoughts and processes that people think, you know, some people think we could just remodel that jail. It, 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 when, when you think that, just think about the money that you're going to try to spend on, re- on remodeling a jail that has an elevator, that, that, that should not be the thought process. Um, we cannot do certain things that 
that we know we can do with the shell of that jail. We, we need a new jail. And, and, and we, uh, I know the location is the main sticking point right now, um, but we still have to think forward in the sense of um, wherever we go, we just do not need to repeat the mistakes and repeat it because we're paying the price now. You know, and, and I just, and again, I just don't know at what point tomorrow brings dealing with this particular jail. So we don't have time to, th- to remodel this particular jail. We have about well, 10 and, minutes and to go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Penny. Oh, I was going to say, and, and the report that you referred to earlier, Bob, um, that was done by Ken Ray and Alan Beck, um, they estimated that to refurbish what, uh, you know, remodel that jail, it would cost $56 million. And that was in 2020 before we've been hit with high inflation. So, um, and, you know, again, when Ken Falk was in to talk with us all, he he said, you need a new jail. And I completely agree with Sheriff Marte. We need a new jail for just a lot, a lot of reasons. Um, And, of course, when you build it with a single story instead of the three stories, when you build it with other kinds of recreation and programming space, when you build it with additional medical space, um, the footprint is much bigger absolutely just much bigger than what we have downtown and what? we we, could, we have ways that we could repurpose you know what what's there for other other offices perhaps for private business um, it, there's a question that came up while well we didn't have you on the phone about ownership of the jail and if you are that whole justice building and if you do find another location and you do build what kind of uh, you know, have you looked into what you might be able to get for that building, or what kind of repurposing of that building you could do? Well, I'm not an architect, so I'm not going <laughs> to go there. That's okay. Um, sure. But but um, you know, we the county is always tight on space. You know, we what if we move part of our health building, our health offices over there? You know, that's that's just across the street from where the, our current health building is. Um, so there are a lot of things we could be doing, I think, with that and still have it be very useful to people. All right. In our last 10 minutes, if you want to give us a call, 812-855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition and send us a question there or send us a question to news at indianapublicmedia.org. So I guess I'm just curious, where does this stand with you all, I, Sue, from from your perspective, I mean, you're you're really passionate about being involved in this process. What do you think should be done now? It does, you know, getting back to that issue of urgency. If we agreed on a site tomorrow, I mean, that's going to be years off. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I, I think to Penny's excellent point, I think um, increased engagement is very appropriate now. It, it, it's time to actually start. Um, pulling people into more detailed, um, deep dive kinds of questions related to treatment and facilities and release and just judicial processes. So I think um, if there is something to do now, I think that's that's a now. That's a now. That's not a later. Um, beyond that, I, I, I would defer to the county and to the commissioners on jail design uh, and those kinds of steps. Um, but again, I appreciate what Penny has shared about the different subgroups that will be working and the kinds of involvement that will come there. So, but I would need to defer to Penny on the actual structure of the jail or hiring designers uh, or or doing land reviews or things like that. Sheriff, since we have you here, I just have to ask about the issues that you face every day in terms of mental health issues. I think I read a story recently that, that it was done locally. I don't know if it was our station that did it or somebody else said somebody had said that the jail is the largest mental health center in the in Monroe County. Um, also, substance abuse issues and those things. What percentage of the people that you're dealing with on a daily ba- basis have one of those maladies that they're they're dealing with on top of just having committed a crime? I don't have a percentage to 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 actually quote to you, but I can tell you that that there is a, there, we do have an issue with with mental illness. Uh, we're just not equipped for that. 
uh, we're not actually trained to deal with that, to be honest with you. Um, one of the issues that we do face, for example, and this was, I believe, last week, we had a, we had a gentleman that every, every facility that we try to, for example, try to take him to, to Stride, try to take him to Centerstone, try to, I forgot another place, but they couldn't help him because he was, he was one, violent, two, he kept exposing himself, and and three, if he's if he, those facilities cannot have someone that might hurt someone else. So what do you do? He came into our lobby, the, the sheriff's lobby, <laughs> wanted to register his hands as lethal weapons. Commenced to hit in the ground, about almost broke his hands. A lady walks in, sits down, waiting for some paperwork. He sees her and exposes himself to her. So what do we do? So we we, we had to at that point intervene. So where did he end up? back in the jail and we had them the week before mm-hmm. so it's a vicious cycle for us mm-hmm. you know we definitely do help in that in that arena um, but the jail is not a place to, to provide that type of assistance but I, that's just one example of wh- how it keeps coming back to us and do we want it no we don't mm-hmm. but what choice do we have at a certain given time that's just one example mm-hmm. I, th- I think you know when you talk about um, a new jail and a, and a campus, you have to think about all the different services that you have to provide. I mean, I think I'm, I'm wondering about, you know, health care services. Do you have a doctor on staff in the jail? How, how does that work? We, we do. We have a, a medical staff in, in the facility also, someone, well, two counselors to be exact. Um, we're thinking working, how do we uh, try to request for a third one? to work at the midnight shift so for someone's in crisis, how to help them out. Um, but to answer your questions, we do. That's one of the good things that we have in this county that some of the jails don't have. We do have medical facilities to help out people in need, and particularly when they're having a crisis. So, so yes, we want to increase on that. That's, that, that is a tremendous amount of help that we could use and improve on. Okay, and what's the size of your, just your, your food and your food staff? <laughs> I tell you, the the we're one of the few that we actually cook our own food. Um, the person that that's in charge of that, she does a tremendous work with 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 the people there that want to learn the trade because um, they do get certified. And and with, it, with that certificate, they literally could go to another restaurant and work in the kitchen. You know, so we're, we're very proud of that. That that was established from 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 years ago mm-hmm. and that's a good program because it's, it's it's grown and they cook their own food and i tell you that that for an inmate you know uh food phone and uh, television yeah. <laughs> it's it, we it's important you know so <laughs> we, we we try to accommodate where we can just to make sure keep the the stress and and, and the tension in that in that facility down as much as we can you know mm-hmm. And, and the food is good. They, they do a good job, yeah. <laughs> we, we got a question from Ellen. She doesn't want to go on the air, but she said, does everyone agree that 25 acres kind of is the magic number regarding the new site, or could that be broken into multiple sections? Penny? We don't know at this point um, what different kinds of things we want to co-locate there. Um, and, you know, we... We also are looking some, at some innovative things. You know, what if we had gardening for people? Um, what if we, you know, like I suggested earlier, had recreation space for every block? Um, one of the things that we saw in Arizona was that every block had its own recreation space, and it was heavily used. Um, there's, there's research out there that indicates that um, running, for example, is as effective at treating depression as any medication that we know of, or currently have anyway. And so um, I think that there are reasons why we want a much bigger footprint um, that that allow us to do other things. We also don't want to build a huge new facility. We're not looking to have 600 beds like they have in Vigo County. Um, but we do want something that should the need arise that we could add on to relatively quickly and that's what we're seeing also in in newer jails that they they go ahead and put in the infrastructure that's needed so that if additional facility you know bigger facility is needed that can be taken care of pretty quickly what's the, you have to have space to do that what's the sweet spot for you sheriff in terms of number of beds 
it, it's it it depends. You know, uh, what Penny said is true as far as and is correct as far as you know. You build it with the stipulation that if you you have an extra space that if you need to build more than you can, you know, it's when people when when we say add more, people really think opposite and think, oh wait a minute, you want a bigger jail, so you put more people in there. I mean, that's it is what it is. People thinking like that. That is not the case. That that is truly not the case. If we're really going to do what we need to do to make sure that people get all the system that they have while they're in the jail, we have to start inside the jail and continue that program outside. Every time someone comes back, it's because they don't have the support system once they are released. Housing, jobs, family support, all those things matter. If you take an individual and you put them back in the environment they just came from, regardless what it is, that caused them to get into the system, well, guess what? They're going to come back again. Mm-hmm. So we got to think outside the box. So as far as, you know, the amount of acres, what Penny said is true. A person that gets natural, just the light makes a big difference. If you get to work outside with the dirt, farming, things, that makes a difference. I mean, I've been to jails that, that literally have inmates doing that. And it's cut down on the violence inside the jail tremendously. Mm-hmm. But then again, I understand when people think, wait a minute, you committed a crime. Why? You know, so mm-hmm. it, it depends what lens you look at it. So I, the, the common thing I think that everyone is, it, it really wants is a reduction in crime. I think we have that in common. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of factors when you say something like that. You've got to be willing to think outside the box. You might not agree on everything. But let's find, what we, let's find what we have in common and move from there. Okay. We are out of time. I want to thank you for uh, participating and appearing today on our show. Sheriff Ruben Marte from Monroe County, Penny Givens, the president of the Monroe, Monroe County Commissioners, Sue Scambaluri, the vice president of the Bloomington City Council. Thank you all for being here. For co-host Sarah Whitmire, engineer Mike Pashkash, and producer Nathan Moore, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thank you for listening. Production support for Noon Edition comes from Smithville. Fiber Internet, streaming TV, home security, and automation in southern Indiana. More information at smithville.com. And from Bloomington Health Foundation, providing financial support to the community for 55 years, promoting healthier lives and the advancement of future health care in our region, working together for a healthier tomorrow. More at bloomhf.org. And from Estate and Downsizing Specialists, LLC, offering complete turnkey services for estate and downsizing clients, from initial consultation through home cleanout to final real estate and personal property sales. More at edsindiana.com.